Who's ready to receive the word today? Come on. Our lead pastor has got these notes out for the month. And man, I'm just so stoked for what God has for us today. You could just bow your heads and close your eyes uh, as we get ready to go to the last segment of our service. And God, we prayed, we, we worshiped, uh, we sang songs to you, God, and you are in this place. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence. Your presence is a promise, God, and you will never leave us nor forsake us. God, I pray for every single heart in this place. God, I pray for every single man and woman of God in the room. God, you called us, God. We're, we're grateful that we're here in your presence, Holy Spirit. Do a work in us, God. Speak to me. Come on, your own words, church. Say, speak to me. Speak to me, God. And church, for these next few moments, I want to let you know we're in the middle of, of prayer and fasting for 21 days. Come on. Can you make some noise if you've been enjoying the prayer and fasting? Hello. But here's what I want to do. Before we get into the sermon, I want to go one minute. If we can all just pray together as a family. I'm going to invite you to bow your heads. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. You see, I met some people before. They're like the pacer prayer people. Like they got to get out of the row. Hey, I'm going to give you one minute to do this. But we're about to seek the face of Jesus. We're about to pray for the next few minutes. Give God glory. Give him adoration and exalt his name. Come on, right there where you at. Let's begin to lift up the name of Jesus. Where are my intercessors? Where are my prayer warriors? Would you begin to open up your mouth and bless the name of the Lord? Jesus, you are the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus, you are the beginning and the end. There is no one like you, God. This is your house. This is your church. And your word says that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. God, you are my rock. God, you are my foundation. Jesus, you are my savior. Jesus, you're my redeemer. Jesus, you are the one that died for me. You rose up for me. And you love me with all that you are, with all through the suffering, with all through the temptation, with all through everything you encountered. God, you endured the cross for the joy set before you. God, I magnify you in my family. God, I magnify you in my finances. God, I magnify you through my life. May my life be a song of worship to you. May my being, may my very existence be a song of worship to you. Come on, church. I don't know about you. I can glorify God a little bit more. Come on. Can you lift your hands? All you people. His word says to enter his gates with thanksgiving. To enter his courts with praise. Come on. Can you begin to lift up the name of Jesus in this room? Jesus, you are greater than any man. Jesus, you're greater than anything I've ever imagined. You are my God. You are my King. You are my Lord. Holy Spirit of God, you reign in this place. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Can you begin to call out the name Jesus right where you're at? Jesus, the name that changes things. Begin to call out the name Jesus. Begin to call out the name Jesus. The name that is above every name. Jesus, we love you. Come on, don't get bored with worshiping your God. Don't get tired of lifting up your God. Come on, I don't care if you've never prayed before. Let's start doing it in the house of God. Lift up the name of Jesus. Exalt his name. You are good. You are God. And you're worthy of all the praise, all the glory. All the honor. I thank you, Jesus, because the church got up on a cold morning to come to church today. We got up. 
because we believe the word we got to keep the sabbath holy god this day belongs to the lord and the people of god say amen and amen give three people a high five that you've never seen before say i love you go ahead and you may be seated you may be seated amen hallelujah i hope you guys don't mind we start our our sermons off with lifting up jesus come on somebody uh, this past Tuesday, we gathered here, and it was such an amazing move of God. Can you make some noise if you're here on Tuesday night? Come on, praying. I'm telling you, if you haven't started praying and fasting with us, we started last week. Listen, it's not too late. Listen, today you can start. Hello, today you can start. All right, we're fasting a whole bunch of different things. A lot of people are doing a Daniel fast. Some people are fasting one meal a day. Some people are fasting streaming, social media, secular music. I mean, there's so much you can fast. The idea is that we don't just stop doing stuff. Fasting is not about just stopping, but also about starting a relationship with Jesus and going deeper. It's not about you just not watching TV. What are you doing now with those TV hours? Hello. It's time to seek the face of Jesus. And here's what I believe, that we're starting our year in prayer and fasting because I believe we're about to see a move of God in our city and in our church that we never even dreamed of. Something happens when the church begins to start praying and fasting. Amen? Amen. The vision of our church this year, again, next Sunday, our lead pastor is going to be giving us the vision, we know the vision, but it's Vision Sunday, next Sunday. We're going to be looking, take a small glimpse to all of this year of what God has in store for us. Um, but here's the vision. It's behind me. Can we say it together? We've been saying it for a couple weeks. Uh, it's a phrase. Let's say it on three. Ready? One, two, three. Hope makes it happen. Come on. That was like 15 people. Let's try it again. One, two, three. Hope makes it happen. I'd like to read with you Matthew chapter 9. Did anybody bring a physical Bible today to church? Come on. If you brought a physical Bible, can you just wave it in the air? Come on. If a demon comes out, I know where we're calling you guys first, all right? I'm just playing. Matthew chapter 9. If you don't have a Bible, uh, there's one behind me. Again, to all of our first-time guests, church, can we, can we make some noise for all of our first-time guests? Come on. Thank you for coming to church today. We can do better than that. Come on. This is why we do church. Thank you so much. Thank you. For, you could have been anywhere on a Sunday. You came here. Thank you. We're a family here. We love Jesus. We're glad you're here. Come back next Sunday. Everyone say, come back. Come on. Like, don't give Jesus one week. Come on. Give, give him some time. You know what I'm saying? Give him some time. And I know a lot of people in the new year are like church shopping. Hey, consider us, all right? Matthew chapter 9, it says, that was funny, right? Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. It says this, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to the disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. I want to pray one more time. Come on, we've been in prayer for a couple of weeks. I, I've been praying. My wife told me at our pointy end of canvas, she's like, you prayed so much that service. I don't know what it is, we're just praying. Let's pray one more time. God, speak to us. This is your word. May it not only be spoken to us, but God, speak through us. Give us a word we could leave with. This is how we start our week in your house. It's the best way we know how to start our week. God, bless us. Bless the cheerful uh, member in the house today. God, bless them, Lord. And maybe they came in broken. God, bless them today. I pray by your presence that we can leave better than how we walked in. Pray all these things and everyone says. My first point today is this, that hope 
sees the need. Is anybody taking notes today? Hope sees the need. It says in verse 36 that Jesus looked out on the crowds. And I want to let you know, we are not caught up and concerned with building a crowd. I'm more concerned with building a church. Somebody shout amen. Like, we have a full room today, and I want to let you know, we're not concerned about just filling rooms. We're concerned about Jesus filling hearts. At this church, we're not only about crowds. We are about community. And that's why I think, you know, hope groups. Anybody love their small group, their hope group? Anybody love it? Come on, we're starting up very soon. And the reason we do hope groups is because it's how it makes a big church get small again. Amen? Sometimes there's so many people in church, and sometimes, you know, you got to find your people that's what hope groups and small groups are all about. And I wanted to talk about that for a moment because the truth is, is that we may be a crowd, but it's not about the crowd. It's about the community. But the key is here is that verse 36, Jesus sees the crowd. I want you to say these words over yourself because it's the truth. And we were singing it earlier. And it's this that Jesus sees me. Come on with your own words. Can you say it? Jesus sees me. In verse 36, it says he saw the crowds. I want to remind you first and foremost, before we keep going through scripture, first and foremost is this, that God sees you right where you are. Is anybody encouraged that the God of all creation has his eyes and his gaze on you? I, I've, been, I've been running with young people for seven years, and, 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 and I, I know this to be true. Young people will do stupid things to get attention. And all the parents say? Amen. You ever heard like a weird noise in your house? You're like, was that an animal or a demon? I do not know. Oh, it was just my son going crazy in the other room. Sometimes children do outrageous things just to be seen and just to be noticed. Why? Because here's the truth. Each and every human being has been given something by God, and it is the need to be seen. It's the need to be noticed. I'm just so grateful he gave me that. Why? Because he creates a hole that only he can fill. Some of y'all post on Instagram and you're just waiting for all the affirmation. Oh, God, I got 15 likes. Okay, time to take it down. <laughs> Try it again at two. You know what I mean? Why do we stress over people like our stuff and, and affirm our social medias and, and all that? Because we want to be seen. But I want to let you know, church, today that you can never do anything else for the Lord. Do you know that he still sees you? I want to talk to some people that have a great past, and they feel like because their past, it disqualifies them from being used by God. Listen, when God sees you, he sees your past. God sees parts of you that your spouse doesn't know. God sees parts of you that your parents don't see. God, see, God sees parts of you that only you know. Sometimes you don't even know, and God sees it, and he's not opposed by it. He doesn't push you away. He's not mad at you. No, the God I serve, he sees everything, and he still wants me, and he still pursues me to the point that he dies for me. God sees you, church. He sees you. I pray you come back next week, but if you never come to church again, I want to let you know God still sees you. I would like all of us to do a poll. Raise your hand if you ever felt like you were far from God before. You could put your hands down. That is the enemy's work, by the way, to make you feel that you are far from God and that he doesn't see you, he doesn't notice you, and that he doesn't hear you. That is a lie from hell. It, 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 we, we tend to think that God's like Bruce Almighty. You seen that part when he tries to get all the prayer requests onto a desktop? You guys seen that movie? 
If you didn't, you're at the wrong church. Um, just kidding. That was a joke. He takes all the prayer requests. He puts it into a database, and he's going through. Oh, he's like, yes, 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 yes. Some of us think that's our prayers to God. Like, we say a prayer. We're just one of 8 billion people in the world. God don't have time for me. God can't hear me. And this is so awesome that Jesus, before he does anything, before he says anything, he just simply says, I see the crowd. New birth. Jesus sees you. You don't have to perform for him to see you. He already sees you. And he loves you. He doesn't just see you, but he hears you. And why is that so profound? You guys are like, man, I waited seven days to hear this simple word. Here's the thing. If we really believed that God heard us, I think we would change the way we pray. If we really believe that God sees us and he hears us, our prayer list would be a lot bigger than what it actually is. You see, these Tuesday night gatherings we're doing is called pray first. Because most of the time, you and I, we don't pray first. We worry first. We post first. We talk about the situation with somebody first. Some of us, we, we go into fear first. But the truth is, we got to pray first and take it to God because he sees us and he hears us. Christian in the room, Jesus follower, how big have your prayers been these last seven days? How big are they? How big are they? Because the God of all creation is listening to your prayers. Are you praying for the healing? A lady came up to me. We just preached in Pointiana. A member came up to me and said, Pastor, here's my big prayer. I've got a friend who is out of state. She has six months to live. Cancer is all over her body. The doctors gave up. And I told her, I believe that God can do anything. We're going to pray for that. She heard the sermon and said, hey, that wasn't in my prayer request until I truly understood that he really hears me. Lulu came up to me with both hands in her pockets. I was like, girl, you know where I'm from. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a joke. This is where my mind goes when I preach, by the way. Don't stand up too quickly, all right? I'll send security on you. Row three, you know what I'm saying? If we really believe that God heard us, we would change the way we pray. We would pray for prodigal sons and daughters to come home more often if we believe that God is listening to us when we pray. We would pray for families to come to know the Lord if we really believe that God listens to us when we pray. We would lay hands on our children a bit differently if we believe that every word out of our mouth came to the throne room of heaven. Church, I have a question for you. How big are your prayers? Because your God is big. Because your God is mighty. Because your God is strong. Is anything impossible for our God? Has God healed anybody physically, miraculously in this room? Come on, if he did it once, I want to remind you, he he can do it again. There's nothing impossible for God. We need to make our prayers get bigger. God, I pray you take my business to places it can never go this year. What a great prayer. God, I pray you take this dead relationship. Would you revive it in the name of Jesus? It says in verse 36, he heard, he, sorry, he saw the crowds. Very simple. God hears you. I want to read one, uh, 1 John 5. 14 it says this is the confidence we have towards him that if we ask anything here's the catch if we ask anything according to his will he hears us this is our confidence someone say confidence the gospel of john is saying in first john is saying this is our confidence we boldly approach god knowing that he's listening man i promise you do not go to your prayer moments with like i don't know if god's gonna hear. no god says come to me confidently Con someone say confidently. confidently. Like when a child 
sees their parent, and, you know, they could be in a meeting, they could be in a Zoom call, you know what I'm saying, with, like, just a shirt on and, like, boxers, you know, and then, like, your child burst into the room, and you're in a Zoom meeting, right? You're like, get out of the room. Had any parents had a parent and Zoom meet at the same time, you know, like, get out, you know, like. No, 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 that, that's not the gospel. The gospel is you can boldly approach the throne room of heaven, and he's waiting for you, and he's welcoming you in. Who in your community needs healing? Who in your family needs healing? Who in your life, you know, needs to know the Lord? I, I'm asking you, are you praying for these things? Because the God of all creation is listening. And again, you have not, because why? You ask not. Psalm 66 says this. David says, I cried to him with my mouth. I cried to him with my mouth. This is, you know, prayer is important. We're going to keep praying every Tuesday in January. I have a question. A follower of Jesus in this place, when was the last time you prayed and cried? Some of you guys are like five minutes ago, you know. I mean, but let's be honest, like alone. Because Jesus just doesn't just want, I want to help someone. Jesus just doesn't want to hear your prayers here. He wants to hear your prayers at your house. And in those moments, are we praying? Are we crying? Are we weeping before the Lord in time of just laying it all out before him? Because he hears us, church. And if he hears us, that means he wants to answer us. Is there sickness on your body? Even right now, if you, if you have a sickness or illness, maybe physical or mental, right where you're at, if you believe Jesus is the healer, I'm going to actually raise your hand right where you're at. Raise your hand. Danny, you can help me out a little bit. And just place a hand on your heart. God, I pray for every single hand lifted up in this place. God, I pray for healing that is supernatural. There's nothing impossible for you. The rest of the church, would you stretch your hands towards someone that has their hand up? Because this is what prayer is about. It's not only praying for myself, but sometimes praying for other people. God, I pray for every hand lifted high. God, you are the great physician. God, I don't care how much time this prayer has gone unanswered. There's nothing impossible for you, and your timing is perfect. Every hand lifted up. God, we believe you can do the impossible. God, we believe you can remove diabetes. God, we believe you can remove high blood pressure. God, we believe you can remove cancer. God, we believe there's nothing impossible for you. Doctors may have a different report, but whose report will we believe? The report of man or the report from heaven? God, you love us, and we pray your will over their bodies. God, heal them in the name of Jesus. Come on, and everybody says, come on, who believes for supernatural healing in this place? Come on, if you really believe it, can you shout? Because God hears you. He hears you. David says, I cried to him, and in verse 17 and 20, he says, I cried to him, and God listened. Come on, I want to tell somebody that you've been praying the same prayer for five years, 10 years, 20 years. Do not run out on confidence with God. Do not let your confidence run out. Keep praying because he's still working. Keep praying because he's still good. Keep praying. I want to challenge the church today. Let's pray big prayers. Let's pray, let's pray big prayers. Imagine, imagine I got an email today that for some reason when you were born, they got the papers wrong and your parents are not your parents. What if today you found out your dad was Bill Gates? Sorry, we got the papers wrong. It's the first thing you're asking Bill Gates for. Hey, Dad. 
<laughs> so um, I'm trying to get a college or I'm trying to buy this house. I'm, I'm trying to, listen, your dad is not Bill Gates, church. Your dad is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. What is riches on earth compared to riches eternal? That's your, that's your father in heaven. And he says, pray according to my will and it will be done. Isn't that the catch? Because we could pray our will, but when we pray God's will, that's when things start happening. I hope I have a church in here today. Come on, anybody love to pray to Jesus in the room? Hope doesn't only see the need, but number two, if you're taking notes, hope shows compassion. It says in verse 36, when he saw the crowds, he sees me, he knows me, he hears me. When he saw the crowds, Matthew 9, 36, it also says he had compassion on them. Someone say compassion. Because they were confused and helpless. Hope always shows compassion. If you want to know what type of church we are, we are a church of compassion. Compassion, you know, I looked at a bunch of different definitions. One that stood out to me was three, was three words, to feel with. In other words, and this is some of, some of the most powerful words you can hear from somebody. This is why we need to get into a small group, is these three words. I feel you. Aren't those words so powerful? When you can get into a small group and, and tell some men of God, hey, I feel like walking out of my family, and someone will tell you, hey, I feel you. But don't give up on your family. I've been there before. I feel you. Or, or, or maybe, maybe, maybe I, I don't know exactly what that feels like, but I'm, I'm going to level with you here. And I'm not just going to see and acknowledge your suffering. I'm going to alleviate the suffering. That's where compassion comes into play. Amen? We don't just see it, but we have compassion. Jesus doesn't just see the crowds, but he shows compassion over them. Listen, we're a church about compassion. We don't want to just see the need. Watch this. We don't want to answer questions that no one's asking. We don't want to provide services that no one needs. We don't want to just do something to do it, but we're looking at our community and saying, God, how can we show compassion? We do something every month, twice a month, called Food Pantry. Have you ever served in Food Pantry? If you ever came and volunteered and gave your time to it? Can you just stand up? If you ever served in our, our Food Pantry ministry, can you stand up? I know you're humble, but can you stand up, please? Come on, church, can we make some noise for these people? Look at them, look at them, look at them, look at them. Thank you. And they're serving, and some of them, you may be seated. Every other Monday, we feed so many families in this community. We don't just say, hey, I know you're hungry. We're praying for you. We say, here's some food to eat. Compassion. Compassion. There's parents. There's single moms. There's parents that come. They get bags and bags of groceries. I look in that grocery bag. Sometimes I'm like, oh, dang, that's nice. I like that. And you know how much they paid for all that? Zero. You paid for it with your giving and your tithing and your offering. We are showing compassion to hundreds of families in the Kissimmee area. Church, can we just give praise to Jesus that I'm being obedient to God. And with my obedience, God is making a way in my community with my obedience. Compassion isn't just an idea. Compassion is an action. Who believes that in this room today? It says in Colossians 3 and 12, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, 
It says, clothe yourselves with compassion. Clothe yourselves with compassion. So in other words, when we're walking around the world on Monday, going to work this week, when you get ready, don't forget to put on compassion before you leave the house. I go into traffic a lot more holy when I put on compassion. I go into business meetings a lot more holy when I put on compassion. Church, why is the Bible telling us to clothe ourselves with compassion? Because you and I are so easily clothing ourselves with bitterness. Clothing ourselves with pain. Clothing ourselves with disappointment. Don't wake up and say, this is going to be a bad day. Wake up and say, today's going to be a compassionate day. I will clothe myself with compassion. That my garments would scream hope. That when people see me, I'd be an agent of hope in the world around me. See, the truth is, when God transforms your life, it's never for you only to be transformed. Did you know your story, what God has done in you, your story has power to transform the people around you. So, you know, we say to invite people to church all the time. We say to lead people to Jesus all the time. And I feel like we don't do enough equipping. But sometimes, listen, you don't need a three-point sermon to invite people to church. You don't need a three-point sermon to bring people to the Lord. Sometimes you've got to show them your life. Look what God has done in me. Look what God has saved me from. Look what God took me out of. Look how God transformed me. Look at where I was and look at where I am today. I can't recite John 3.16 in Hebrew and Greek and all the different translations. I can't do it. But what I can do is tell you what the Lord has done to me. And the Lord has been faithful. The Lord has been good. The Lord has never let me down. The Lord has been by my side since I was born, even before I was born till now. God has transformed my life. That's a part of you and I clothing ourselves with compassion. Hope doesn't just see the need, but hope also shows compassion. Someone shout amen in this place. Amen. I love this verse. Peter says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you. I give to you Jesus Son of the living God. So in other words, I can be compassionate with so many different ways, but if I've got nothing, at least I've got Jesus. And I can give you silver or gold. I can't help you with that. But I can give you the messenger, the, the Jesus I know, the Messiah that loves you, that died for you, and has a holy reward for you in heaven. Hope doesn't just see the problem. It says in Matthew 9, 36, he said he felt bad. Jesus, he felt so bad because he says there were confused and helpless people like sheep without a shepherd. Then he says to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. I want to give you this point that Jesus identifies the issue. Did you know that Jesus is really good at identifying the issues in my life, in your life. There's a happening in the New Testament where Jesus walks into the, the temple and, and they're doing a bunch of stuff he doesn't approve of. Really what he does is he goes to all the tables. He begins to flip tables. Hey, anybody read that portion of scripture? He flips tables. You know, Jesus does that inside of your heart as well. Like if you're having sex outside of marriage, Jesus looking at that table like, can I flip it? Because this ain't honoring me here. When you gossip about people and their journey, you know, you know what Jesus does? He goes, can I flip this table? You see, Jesus doesn't only identify the problem, but Jesus also provides the solution. Isn't that so awesome? 
that Jesus isn't just a, a person that tells you everything wrong with you. You know, you know people in your life, they're really good at noticing something wrong. I tell leaders, don't bring me the problem. Bring me the problem with like seven solutions and we'll pick one. Like, don't just pick the problem. Anybody can, you know, anybody can say, yeah, you know, the lyrics were, were off today. Yeah, we can do it. But what are we going to do to get, like, what are we going to do to identify the solution? And Jesus, listen, when Jesus points out things in your life that you need to give up, when Jesus convicts you through his Holy Spirit about a lifestyle you need to abandon, about things you need to drop, things you need to let go, he doesn't only show you what's wrong, but he empowers you to do the right thing. That's our Jesus. He doesn't just identify the problems, but he provides a solution. And this is the type of church we're going to be. We're not only going to identify the problems in our world, we're going to provide the solution, which is the hope and the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, can you shout amen in this place? Amen. I feel the Holy Spirit in this place. The reality is when Jesus says in this next verse that the harvest is ready but the laborers are few. He says, pray to the God of the harvest. But the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. In other words, the reality is there isn't a harvest problem. There's a laborer problem. Can I say that again for the people in the back? He's saying this isn't a harvest problem. This is a labor problem. There's fields of berries, strawberries, grapes. Can you name, name some fruit? Come on. Kiwi. Apples. All right. Thank you, guys. You guys got to open a farmer's market. The harvest, baby boy, there's fruit everywhere. The harvest is not what you need to pray for. The laborers is what you need to pray for to grab their baskets, to go out by aisle and reach the harvest. Jesus says the reality is it's not that there's a harvest problem. There's a labor problem. I think, honestly, I think your seat's a bit too comfortable today. Do you want a word for next for this year? Pray that God makes you uncomfortable. That God pushes you to activate the gifts and the talents that are within you. That we wouldn't be a spectator of new birth, but we would be laborers within new birth. I think your chair is a little too cozy. I think the floor is a little too nice. Anybody been on a missions trip before? I went to the Dominican Republic. I met a young man named Robin. He was my translator. We did a week of ministry out there, and his name was Robin. I'll never forget it because it's like Batman and Robin. I'll never forget his name. I saw a post of him like a few years ago. He's, he's doing a small group. He's like five students, and on the post, it broke me. He's like, hey, you know, we... we all five students, they, they got discipled, they're saved. Come on, can we pray? Can we th praise God? Come on, people are getting saved in the Dominican Republic at a church where there's no AC, there's no walls, there's no cushion chairs. And he, he puts it on Instagram. He's like, these five students got discipled, they're saved. You know, they're, they're running our youth ministry. And he goes, and no one will ever know about this. People, millions of people won't know about this, but the most important thing, is not that a lot of people see it. What's most important is that God sees what's going on right here in the campo in Dominican Republic. I remember my dad was preaching for one of the youth services, and I'm telling you, your chairs are way too cozy. I was on a plastic chair, and I was with all the young people, and I just kept leaning back on the plastic chair during the sermon, and out of nowhere, the chair snapped. And I was like, whoa! You know it's so hard not to laugh when you can't laugh. Like, it's just the worst. Everyone's like. 
I'm telling I broke that chair just by leaning back. Honestly, I, church, I think we're too comfortable. I think we're too cozy. I think we make ministry about the preacher giving me a word today. Listen, if you're not in the serve team, serve your community this week. If you're not being, come on, I believe this is the year of activation. Not only that we pray big prayers, but that we do big things for the Lord. If you receive that, can you shout amen in this place? Because here's the thing. Your neighborhood is praying to God, but really what they're doing, God's waiting for you. Your neighborhood's praying to God. And God's going to stir the hearts of his people to do something for his glory. I really believe this is the year. I hope you make a lot of money this year, right? Cool. I pray you bring the most people to the Lord this year. I hope you start your family. Yeah, another kid. Let's go. I hope you grow the kingdom of heaven this year. That when bodies dip into water, you celebrate because that is your friend. That is your co-worker. That's your relative going into the waters, coming out a new creation. In February, we start Next Steps, which is our membership process. Wave at me if you've done Next Steps before. That means you're a member of this house, you're tithing, you're giving, you serve on a team, or you're a part of a group. Two ways we disciple. If you're not a part of that, if you've never done that, join us next month. Because I believe that we're not called to comfort. God is not calling you to comfort, church. He sees the crowd. He sees them. He sees. He hears the cries. He hears the cries of his people. But he's stirring the hearts of his followers. He's stirring their hearts. One invite can change a life. Isn't that crazy? One invite can change a life. One person getting saved can change the trajectory of a whole entire generation to follow. The statistics are true, and this is all the men of the house. If you're a man in here, I want to challenge you. It's time to reach fathers this year for the glory of God. Statistically, when the husband or father gets saved, 90% of the time, the entire family gets saved. And shout out to the women of this church. Women, can y'all make some noise? Um, we got some fire women. In, I mean, they'll, they'll pray the walls down. I need the men of the house to keep that same energy. Get involved. There's not only an absent father in the home, there's an absent father in the church. And I pray this is the year that you pray big prayers. This is the year that you activate. And you don't just build up riches in this world, but we build up riches for the next world, for the next earth. Amen, church? It says Jesus looks at them with compassion. And he says simply, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So then he says, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers. That's my prayer. Can we all stand up to our feet? I'd like our worship team to come up. I know we're typically sweating at this point and doing 10 backflips, but how many of you guys believe the Holy Spirit is still speaking to you right now? It's challenging you. We're going to do two prayers, one for healing and one for salvation. But before we do that, man, can you get a big prayer together in your heart and in your mind? Close your eyes right where you're at. Get a big prayer, a big prayer right there. A big prayer. This is the year I go debt-free. Come on, somebody. This is the year we get the house.
It's the year I start that thing God's telling me to start. It's the year I'll never, if I'm in town, I'm never going to miss church. I'm going to show up. This is the year my family comes to know the Lord. Pray big prayers. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. Pray a big prayer. Save my dad. Reach my aunts. Reach my city, Holy Spirit. Come on, pray a big prayer. It's big. It's big. Pray a prayer that you only need God to get it done. Because he can do it. He can do it. He can do it. He can do it. Come on, pray for it because the spouse is on the way. He can do it. Pray for it because the job is on the way. He can do it. Pray for it because deliverance is on the way. He can do it. Pray for it because blessing is on the way. He can do it. Pray for it because salvation is on the way. He can do it. What is impossible for our God? Nothing. With every head by every eye closed. If you want Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you want salvation in this place, and you want this for the very first time, or maybe you said yes to God and you walked away at some point and you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, whether you're in, the, in person right now or watching online, on the count of three, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand if you want salvation. Maybe all the whole sermon you've been hearing, the Holy Spirit call you. That's the Spirit of God. He's real. He's alive. You don't feel a vibe. You don't feel emotions. You feel conviction. That's the Holy Spirit. He's in this room. The God we speak of is not only in the book of the Bible, but he's in the world around us. And he's here right now. Emmanuel, God with us. That's who he is. El Roy, the God who sees me. He sees you. And he wants relationship with you. He doesn't judge you on your past. He does not hold grace from you because of what you've done. But what you've done gets erased if you receive him as your personal Lord and Savior. All over this place, if you want salvation, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand as a sign of surrender. It's maybe the first time or the first time in a long time you made this prayer. But this is your moment. If you want Jesus, on the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Raise your hand if you want salvation in the room. Anybody. Come on. I see one hand going up. Let's go. I see two hands. Let's go. Anybody? I see three hands. Let's go. Anybody else? I see four hands going up in the name of Jesus. To our four friends, I have something for you in a moment. I want to do a second call. You're here and you're like, Pastor, I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm Holy Ghost filled. I'm water baptized. But it's time for me to take it up a notch. It's time for me to pray bigger. It's time for me to get my healing. It's time for me to activate in my calling. If that's you and you're saved and you want prayer on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. I see you. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here's what I want to do. Our four friends that raise their hand for salvation and the family that raised their hand for prayer, I'm going to ask if you raise your hand for salvation, you can meet me right here at the altar. And if you pray your, raise your hands for prayer, if you can meet me at this side of the altar. On the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. Church, can we celebrate them in their honesty as they make their way up? Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Salvation over here. I saw you. I saw you. Salvation over here. Come on up. Church, we can do better than that. Make your way up. Thank you. 
Thank you. Salvation, come this way. Salvation, I see you. Amen. I saw you who raised your hand. Come on up. Come on up. Yes, come on up. Lead them this way. We can move over here. We got people still coming down the aisles. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All my core leaders, our pastors, our leaders, our elders, our board, please come lay hands. Please come lay hands on our people. And we pray. Here's what we're going to do. They're singing my favorite song, so we're about to worship in a little bit. But before we do that, we're going to pray this prayer of salvation. Church, we're going to do it all together. Four people said yes to Jesus. Can we celebrate? Like, that's what this church is all about. Salvation. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I confess I'm a a sinner in need of a Savior. Write my wrongs. Forgive my sin. And write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Holy Spirit, enter my heart. Jesus, I have faith that you are who you said you are. Deliver me and wash me and cleanse me. I am saved by your power. Amen and amen. Church, can we celebrate like crazy? Thank you so much.